You're listening to Easier, a podcast all about making your life easier. This is episode number 12. I'm Anthony Wagner, and my passion is all about finding the best, simplest, and yes, easiest ways of getting things done. Each week, I'll bring you my favorite tips, tricks, and hacks for living a simpler life. This week, we're talking about how to start a bullet journal. If you've never heard of bullet journaling, and you are type A, or like organizing, or office supplies, or making to-do lists, then this episode is for you. I'm going to cover the basics of bullet journaling from the original method, and then I'm going to talk about my bullet journaling light, Bujo Light as I call it, the method that I use to keep track of tasks that's kind of a slimmed down method. I'm also throughout this episode going to cover all the supplies that I use for my bullet journal and I will have links to all of those so you can grab them in the show notes. Okay, first up this week is a quick side note, and I'm going to talk a little bit about analog versus digital task tracking methods. And there are lots of them, especially when you talk about digital tracking methods that really can kind of be like a, a shiny object out there calling to you to try and get them get you to use them. And I have to say that despite the fact that I love technology, for some reason I keep coming back to analog task tracking methods. And when I say analog, I mean pen and paper, notebook, bullet journal type methods, the ones that you actually have to sit and hand write. The reason for that is that pulling out my phone every time I need to track a task, it just takes too many steps. If I need to quickly jot down a note, having to pull out my phone, unlock it, and sometimes because my phone right now is a little, it's about two years old, it's a little slow, and having to pull it out, unlock it, find the app, and type it out when sometimes the keyboard is a pain, or record it with my voice, it's just too many steps. It's way simpler to just pull out the notebook and jot down a quick note, and that's it. So in general, I tend to prefer analog methods, even though they aren't as simple. I always seem to go back and forth between different methods and different apps and things like that. The ones that I rotate between, I rotate between my bullet journal, between Trello and Asana and Todoist. I use all of them, but I, for the most part, use my bullet journal the most consistently. And like I said, I'm doing a bullet journal light method that I developed that fits my needs. And I find that that works better than kind of the intense full-out bullet journaling method that you find online. What I will say, though, is that sometimes I find that using a combination of the two works best. So right now, I'm not taking one particular journal everywhere with me, and so I'm testing out, keeping track of tasks as I think of them in the journal, and then transferring those instead of to a log in my actual physical journal, like I said, transferring them to Todoist in kind of a log of all my tasks and pulling them from there. So that way I can work with any journal or piece of paper in the method that I'll talk about in a little bit, but I'm not bound to that particular notebook if I happen to forget it. So overall, analog methods work better for me, but I will say that a combination sometimes works too. So 
One other side note that I'd like to bring up is that my method changes. It seems like every week I'm trying something new out and I haven't found one that I've stuck with long term. So this one is the one that I'm working with right now and I I like it for a couple reasons, but we'll get to that when we get to that section. So for this week's main idea, we're talking about, like I said, how to start a bullet journal. And if you've never heard of it, I'm going to cover the basic bullet journaling method from bulletjournal.com. It's where it originated. And the, the basic method that the founder actually started with. So the first thing you have to know is that a bullet journal is supposed to be a flexible, customizable organization system that allows you to adapt it to whatever you need. And the whole point is that this type of journal really can meet your specific needs, which is why I'm covering my own method for how I started mine. Maybe the original method that I'm going to describe to you works better, and maybe mine does, or maybe neither do. But the point is, is that this system works for you. So the basic points of a bullet journal is that you have a set of bullets or symbols that represent different items, things that you need to track in your journal. So in the original method, a dot signifies a task. When you cross that dot out with an X, it means that task is completed. If you draw kind of a a less than or greater than symbol through that dot, that means that you've migrated the task, and we'll get to what that means in a minute. Then if you draw a horizontal line, that actually means that it's just a plain note, and a circle bullet means that it's an event. So those are kind of the original symbols, and you can see all of the symbols as they actually are, like actually drawn out in my show notes, which you can find by visiting easiercast.com slash 12. And all of this information will be there. You'll be able to see pictures of all of the bullets from the original system as well as mine. So after bullets, you have what are called spreads. And spreads are really just a pair of facing pages. So like you open your notebook and it's pages three and four or six and seven, whatever two pages are right next to each other as you open the notebook flat. That's a spread. And that's important. It's not just single pages in a lot of cases. You're actually using both side by side to comprise a module as the original bullet journaling method calls for. And it calls for four basic modules. And I'm going to cover each one. The first one is the index. And this is usually the first couple of pages of your journal and it's where you can index all of the things that you put in there. Now typically for bullet journals where you just get any journal you have to actually go through and number the pages and you'll go through so say you're creating your daily log you do your daily log of all your stuff and then you would go back to your index and you would write today is August 19th I'm recording this August 19th log and you put the page number and so you keep a running list so it's easy to find things in the journal itself. Then the next module, you'd use a a spread or two pages to comprise your future log. And from bulletjournal.com, the future log is a collection which is used to store items that either need to be scheduled months in advance or things that you want to get around to someday in general. After that, you have a monthly log, which is obviously more focused, and it's to help organize your month. It consists of a calendar and a task list, and that's about it. And then finally, the daily log, which is designed to be used day-to-day, and you keep on that page the date, and you'll track what the original method calls for rapid logging tasks, notes, and events as they occur. And so basically what this method consists of is as you have things you need to schedule far out, you put them in your future log. As you have things you want to accomplish during the current month, you set that up the previous month right at the end and you put things there. And then day to day you track things 
as they occur. And then each day, at the end of each day, you're supposed to migrate those tasks. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, migrate those tasks back to one of the logs if they're not completed that day. Also, you need to make sure that you're indexing those pages. So overall, that's how the system works. It's actually pretty simple and it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be super crazy because it's designed to go with the flow as your day goes on. If you do want to see how this works, if it's a little confusing to listen to, you can head over to easiercast.com slash 12, which is my show notes, and I have the video from the original Bullet Journal website that you can watch to see what the original system looks like in action from the founder. He, he recorded the video, and you can watch it there. So that was the original method. Now let me talk about my bullet journal light system. On my show notes, I have B-U-J-O light, Bujo, which is a short way of saying or typing bullet journal. But it's my bullet journal light because I slimmed it down. I found that some of the things that are in that original system went a little too intense for me. So the only thing I do that's a little more intense than the original system is the actual bullets that I use. And I changed a couple of them and I'm going to describe them. But like I said, you can always go to the show notes and you can see a picture of my key or my legend of all my symbols and what they actually look like. But I will do my best to describe them here. So the first one I use is a box for a task. I use that instead of a dot and I find that that stands out a lot more among all of the things on the page. The only downside to using the box is that it takes an extra like half second to draw so it's not quite as rapid as just using dots to track tasks but I find that when I use dots to track tasks I get them confused with just plain notes so in my system a box is a task and a dot is just a note and then I'll use instead the original symbol for a note was a horizontal line that actually is used kind of indented under dots as subtasks and what I do is I alternate back and forth between dot line dot line as I go further indented into subtasks So for a task, I actually label ones that are in progress. And so if you picture a square, which is the task bullet, and from the bottom left to the upper right corner, a diagonal line going through it, that is a task that is in progress in my system, meaning I've already started it in some way, and it's something that needs to be completed. And then a box with uh, three or four or five diagonal lines that are all going on an angle and they're parallel to each other, it looks like it's kind of shaded. That means that's a task that's completed. You could always change that and just do like a check mark, but I find that's a really simple way to convert from task in progress, which is just one diagonal line, to a series of diagonal lines, which means that it's finally been completed. So then if I migrated a task to another day or to another task tracking method, I use a greater than symbol, the little kind of sideways V that points to the right. That's a greater than symbol. And I use that inside the box to to signify that I've moved the task forward. Then if I want to flag a task as important, I put to the left of the box, kind of in the margin, a little asterisk, a three line asterisk that signifies that that task needs my attention. And then I have two more. Another symbol that I have is a box with a horizontal line through it. That means that I canceled that task or that task is no longer relevant. And so I'm not doing it anymore for whatever reason. And then the final one is one I found that was pretty clever. I like this one. I made this one up on my own. I made most of them up or adapted them from other methods, but this one is solely my own. So if anyone else is using it, that's awesome. I I hope that we can, you know, connect. Let me know in the show notes in the comments if you do use this. But 
The last symbol that I use is to signify that a task has a deadline. And what I do is like um, an oval with an X underneath. So it really ends up looking like a skull and crossbones, meaning dead as in deadline. And that's what I use to signify that type of task. I thought that was pretty clever. So if you want to see my legend, I'm going to post a picture of it, like I said, at the show notes, which are at easiercast.com slash 12. Okay, so now that I've listed out all of my bullets, let me tell you about my method. And this is where my method is slimmed down as compared to the original method, even though the symbols are, I have a few more than the original method does. So the first thing that I have is just what I call a backlog. And that is just the log of all the tasks that I could complete. I don't really like dividing into to deadlines or time except for using that deadline symbol or that important symbol because I find that they take too much thought. And so if I have a weekly log or a monthly log, those tasks might not get completed there and I just don't want to have to think about it. So I just keep a running list of all the tasks that I have to do and then I can go and sort them or or flag them any way I need to after that. And I stole that term from the method called Scrum, which is a task man or a project management technique. And if you're interested, I actually have a link to the book that I read called Scrum that describes that method. But that's where I grabbed the term from. I'm sure it's used other places, but that's just what I know it from. And I use that to keep all of my tasks running in a, in a single list. The only other spread that I use is the daily log. And that usually doesn't actually take the form of a spread where it's two pages side by side. I really can just use one. And here's where my method, I think, simplifies things over others and also helps you to focus. So what I do at the beginning of every day, I start the top in the margin, or if I'm using, you know, starting the next day on that page right under the solid horizontal line, which I'll explain in a minute. I start with the date and I write the whole date out. I'll write Monday, August, whatever, or Thursday, September, whatever as the date. So it signifies it's it's bigger. It's easier to see that that's the beginning of a daily log. And it also helps me to remember what days they were when I go back and refer later. Then I go to my backlog and I look for a maximum of three tasks. Three. I don't do any more than that. I can do less if there are less to do or I think they're going to take too long. But I select three tasks for that day and I call those my intentions. These are what I intend to do today. And so I'll copy those over to that daily log. So I'll go, you know, one above the other. And then underneath that, I draw like a dashed line about halfway across the page underneath. And that signifies the end of my intentions. So for all intents and purposes that day, my focus should be on those three tasks in whatever order I need to do them or however that works. But I need to focus on those three tasks only. Anything that comes below that dashed line is lower priority. And so I will take notes, kind of things to remember about the day if I need to, or I will add other tasks so there will be other boxes down there and I can't or I try not to do any of those tasks before I've completed the three above it. If I complete those three, then what I do is I will draw another dashed horizontal line and I'll set another set of intentions and follow by another dashed line. So they're always kind of between either a date or two dashed lines or a single dashed line. And that signifies the intention for the day. That really helps to focus on what's a priority for that day, and it helps you to get more done when you focus only on those things. You've already decided it's priority. You don't have to keep thinking, and you have a space to track all those tasks. 
So I should also mention that the tasks that come up, the reason I write them on that daily log underneath the dashed line is because I don't want to have to take time flipping back and forth between the backlog and today's notes. So I just write them all there. And then that brings us to the beginning of each day. Like I said, I write the date, but then even right before that, as I finished the last day and going into the next day, I will migrate any tasks that weren't complete in the notes back to my backlog and that way I keep this running list and I make sure to note them with a symbol and I will migrate all my tasks back around so that day is done. Once I've done that, I update everything that was completed so I'll put all the symbols for everything that was completed and then finally I draw a solid horizontal line and that means that is the complete finite end to that day and that day may take only four lines, you know, like the four or five lines, or it might take three pages, however long it is. I separate them by those solid horizontal lines. And then, like I said, I always start with today's date right underneath, either at the top of the page or underneath a horizontal, a solid horizontal line. So that's really the the method that I use. Just as a quick recap, my method starts with the symbols that I explained. The most important ones are the task and the task completed symbols. So the box and the diagonal lines through it. And then the method is to keep a backlog on a spread, so two pages of a spread. And then I didn't add before, but I'm going to add now. Once the backlog gets kind of full, and once I get to the end of those two pages, then I flip to the next available spread, and I migrate all the tasks that are are still incomplete over there. And that is the way I continue without running out of room. So I have my backlog with all my tasks, and then my daily log starts with a date, my three intention tasks a dashed line, any notes or tasks underneath that, and then a solid horizontal line when the day is over. And then after, or at the beginning of each day, I migrate all my tasks back to the backlog, I complete anything or draw lines through anything that I've already done, and I start again from scratch underneath a solid horizontal line. And before we get going, I didn't think that a an episode about bullet journaling would be complete without, of course, talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is office supplies and the actual supplies that you'll need to start your own bullet journal. So I have two notebook recommendations and two pen recommendations and then one kind of little surprise recommendation that I think you'll like if you actually go out and purchase it. So the first thing, I'm going to talk about two different notebooks. The, f- the first notebook, I've used one of these for forever, is a Moleskine squared notebook. And it's there's a bunch of different ways to pronounce it. I've actually looked this up. It can be Moleskin, it can be Moleskine, however you want to pronounce it. I sometimes change back and forth, but it's that brand. And I use the squared, meaning the the box, the grid paper notebook. They call it squared. I like that so much better than the ruled, meaning the like loose leaf paper kind of lined, much better than that. Although if you find one that's dotted, those ones work as well as the squared. And I like the soft cover leather notebooks that are about the size of a half sheet of paper. And that seems to be the perfect size notebook for me. I think it's something like five and a half by something. I don't know the exact size. I'm going to put a link to one in my show notes so that you can grab it. But that is the ultimate notebook for me. I love the way it feels. I love the pocket in the back. I love the band. And I love that it has a little ribbon to mark your current page. 
So that's my first choice. Now, there's another notebook, and it's got a funny spelled name. It's a German notebook, I believe, and the name is spelled L-E-U-C-H-T-T-U-R-M. And it took me forever to figure out how to pronounce it. So what I did was I looked up how to pronounce it, and there's a nifty little video. So I'm going to let the vendor in this video tell you how to pronounce that notebook's name. And I have one question for the man in the booth, and that is, how in the heck do you pronounce your company's name? The brand is pronounced Loistrom. Loistrom 1917. They have a partnership with Loistrom Notebooks, and that is the official one. So I actually just got a few days ago, last week for my birthday, my boyfriend got me one of these from Barnes & Noble, and it's great. I really like it. I have to say I like the Moleskine one a little better because it's a little simpler, and I like the, the feel better, but it's great. If you're going to do a serious bullet journal like the actual method calls for, this is the one to get because it has a couple of different features that are really nice. The first is that it has three of those bookmark ribbons in it. So you can bookmark different sections so it's easy to flip back and forth. Also, it's got a an index and a future log already built in at the front of the notebook and the pages are all numbered for you so you don't have to number them if you're going to do that. So those are great little bonuses. Plus, this notebook has the original bullet journal instructions printed in the back of the notebook, so you can always refer to them. And on the inside of the front cover, it's got the legend from the original symbols and then space to fill in your own. So that's an awesome notebook. If you're going to go the serious bullet journaling route, that's the official one to get. So either one, I have links to both in my show notes. Then, of course, you need a great pen to write with, and if you've listened from episode number one, you will not be surprised to hear that the Pilot G2 is on this list. This is an awesome pen. I love it, and I'm not going to go into all the details why. You can just go to easiercast.com slash one to listen to the first episode. That episode or the show notes will explain all the reasons why the Pilot G2 is awesome. And something I've learned since then, I have a new, it's a contender. It's going to be either the Pilot or this pen as my favorite. I'm actually using more of this one now, is the Stadler TriPlus Fine Liner, which is a mouthful. But it is a set of basically marker pens, felt tip pens, but they work incredibly well. And they're thin, they don't roll, they write very nicely, they come in a set of colors, or you can get them online for in like standard black or blue. You might be able to get them in stores, but I've really only seen them in their awesome little case. They come as a, as a set of 10 with a rainbow of colors, and the case itself folds over and turns into a stand, so you have a stand to use them. They're great. They're super thin, they write very well. The only cons that I I'm not crazy about the cap is detachable. And as I said in episode one, I don't love that because it can get lost. Mine haven't yet, but it can. It is a sturdy cap though, and I haven't broken any of the clips. So that's nice. And also when you draw fast, like any marker type pen, anything you draw fast, the line tends to get a little faded, but otherwise it's a great pen. They work really well. And I love that they're thin enough that they can fit inside of a lot of spirals inside spiral bound notebooks. So if you have that kind of notebook, I have one that I get from Target as kind of just a general all-purpose notebook. It fits right inside the spiral, so that's great. 
Then the last recommendation I have is one that you should absolutely get because it makes a huge difference when you're making lines and other kinds of things. There's infinite number of uses is to get a ruler for your notebook. And I have one that actually fits inside of the pocket of my notebook. So it's always right there. It's the size of a half sheet of paper. So it fits right in. It's thin. It's made of metal. It's really sturdy. And it just looks nice. It works very well. So I'm going to link one of the rulers or the ruler that I have in my show notes as well. So you can go there to grab that. And that's it for episode number 12 of Easier. Remember to get started on your bullet journal today. Learn about the original bullet journaling method at, you guessed it, bulletjournal.com. Or you can visit easiercast.com slash 12 to get all of those instructions plus the ones I give. Those are my show notes for this episode. And then once you've gotten the gist of the original system, give your own method a try. Either use mine, use the original, or adapt it to find your own. Just as another quick side note, you can find all kinds of bullet journaling resources just by searching Google. Pinterest has a ton. You can find them all over. Bullet journaling is huge. And if you haven't heard of it, you should get started right away. If you do get started, I would love to see what you come up with. So you can leave me a comment at easiercast.com slash 12 or by emailing podcast at easiercast.com. And if I love any of it, I will definitely feature it in an upcoming episode. When you start searching for this stuff, you'll be surprised at how creative people can get. So if you're one of those people, I want to see it. And I might just send you a little something special if you show me your journal. And just as a little teaser, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to run a contest or a giveaway for some Stadler pens. So be on the lookout for that and hear how to win those pens for free. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am always infinitely grateful that you are here. Until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.